Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Welcome to another ClickUp case study episode. I'm super excited for today because we are talking with Nicole, who is a private stylist and wardrobe manager. So to start us off and before we really start diving into the episode, Nicole, I would love for you to just tell everyone a little bit about yourself, how you got started and tell us all about your business. Hi. Yes, I would love to. And I'm definitely excited to chat with you because you have single-handedly helped change my 2022. So, oh man, that's, that's some big shoes to fill. <laughs> that's really, really awesome compliment. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, I, met, I mean it. I think it was a really great starting off point for me for the year, but tell you more about me. So yeah, I am a private stylist and wardrobe manager, and I have been styling and in the fashion industry for nearly a decade. And prior to this, I was, you know, air kissing and uncomfortable shoes during fashion week and doing all of the, the hubble blub that you do and you see on TV. That was, I was one of those people and I really, really didn't love it. It's very glamorous and chic and it's all the things you think it is. And it's also exhausting and not fulfilling. And, but I loved fashion and I loved dressing people and I loved taking fashion as a tool to help change and transform the way people saw themselves and the way that they lived their lives. And that was really what I was really passionate about. So I started Let's Get You. And in 2018, I went full-time and I've, since then I've uh, expanded into offering digital and in-person styling and personal shopping services. And my clients are really high achievers who want to feel and dress like they belong. So they are armored with the confidence that they need to pursue personal and professional goals. You know, they're short on time, but they want to look really, really good and they want to enjoy getting dressed and eliminate sort of the frustration. So they're people that want to look as chic as the people at Fashion Week without any of the work and without looking like they're walking off of a runway. They want to feel like they can just walk into a meeting or pick up and it looks and feels like them. And I really, really, really love what I do. And I've been really blessed that I've able to build a career in it. And, you know, I started in 2018. And then I think in 2019 was a good year and 2020 hit, which helped, you know, almost ruin my life. But I pivoted, I found a digital presence and I actually went on to have business growth of 150% in 2021. Holy cow. Congratulations. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Even saying it, I'm like, <laughs> um, and that's what led me to you really it was that it was after that year and kind of realizing that I wasn't really in a place in terms of my back end and growing much more. 
Yeah. And I, I love for you to kind of speak a little bit more to how making that pivot into more of like a digital space when your, your service is so particular to, you know, some, somebody maybe being present or available, maybe wanting to be, um, how did you guys make that pivot after COVID? What was some of the challenges that you guys ran into, or maybe you just saw that it was actually just a really, like you said, you grew astronomically that year. Um, maybe it was just a really good change in pivot, but did you hit any roadblocks? Were there things that you encountered that you maybe give some people advice in terms of, Hey, if you're going more brick and mortar or wanting to potentially migrate into the remote space. Um, what was that part of it like for you? Well, I think that the advice is probably really similar to what it would be with anyone starting anything new. It's like, A, you just have to start and you have to kind of beta test it through your first initial clients. So, and then you work out the kinks from there. Um, so I don't think it was too much different than it would be if the general advice when you're trying to start something new. But I think what gave me a competitive edge and a little bit of a differential was having worked in fashion for so long prior to starting my business, I in particular worked for an e-commerce company called Net-A-Porte and they essentially in the almost five years I was there groomed me for remote styling because the work with the clients that I was dealing with was extremely white glove and highly personalized, but it was mostly email, text, phone, And these people were international, they were all over, they were on the go. And I think the skill set in being able to not only style people, but manage the process as well as, you know, give a special experience that I developed during those years really made it kind of simple and easy for me to, you know, funnel out and pivot into a digital and experiment from there. So if someone was actually looking to do something like that, While I would say, look at the skills you have that apply to the work that needs to be done and how can you capitalize on those skills? And if you don't, obviously there's the, where you delegate out and you hire people and, you know, who, someone who can, you know, basically do it for you, but also recognize that, you know, sometimes it really just is a matter of just doing it and seeing if it works and what didn't work. And the first couple of clients I did it with, while it was effective, there's definitely a better client process now than there ever, like from the first one to the ones in 2021 to the ones I have now that I have an, a more better system set up. Yeah, that's actually really, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something we'll chat about um, here later in the episode, kind of talking about, you know, your client management experience in general. Um, so I'll go ahead and kind of lead off because that's a good kickoff point for us. You were a really, really fun project for us because it was tapping into a completely new industry. Um, so it's really fun for us when we get to do that because we get to get creative and think outside of the box. We, you know, we're not just working with the typical digital business or remote business in terms of the services that they offer. Your business model is very, very unique. So that was a lot of fun for us, but I'm really curious, you know, for you, what was the moment that you decided that you needed more support in in your business? And you kind of touched on this, I'm assuming with that growth that you experienced, um, after COVID, but what was really kind of that tipping point for you to reach out and, and start looking at actually implementing systems in your business? Well, it was a few factors. I think one, I started to have all, let me just say that prior to having the system set up by your, you and your team, I was managing the business and the client experience through some rudimentary like systems through Google drive and blah, 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 that most of us are using. But I think what was really keeping the business successful and churning was my micromanaging of it. And I mean, I was good at it. I was good at keeping everything sort of, you know, getting enough of the macamoles that came up. So that way it kept going and nothing really fell through the cracks. But 
eventually I got to this point where I couldn't actually take on more work. I couldn't take on a client where this whole like, you know, house of cards, which turning beautifully was going to collapse and be a disaster if I even tried to do more. And I realized not just the inefficiency of that, but also it was just plainly stupid because I was finding myself just having so much of my days consumed by these minutiae or these like, you know, where is that file kind of behavior. Yeah. And then also thinking like, well, I just need an assistant. If I just had an assistant, I'd be able to, and then I realized, well, how the hell am I going to give, what the hell am I going to give her? Mm-hmm. A Google drive. And I'm going to, I'm going to add this person onto like a notepad on my phone. I was like, what, what am I going to give this person? Mm-hmm. I realized that I was going to have to spend so much time training them and then we're micromanaging them to be able to perform the work that I would need. So it was sort of in this moment that I understood that like, this isn't going to work. And if I do want to scale and if I do want to take on more, I needed to have things set up. And I also understood that there was so much in my brain and Mm -hmm. so many things that I was excited and wanted to work on. And I, you know, would take notes. I would do this. I would set deadlines. I would do none of it because I would get consumed by the day and, or I would be consumed by the projects. I knew that my greatest strength is definitely managing a project, not outlining it. Okay. And I understood that the sheer will to set that up mm-hmm. did not exist inside of me. It yeah. didn't, it was, it was just not there. Yeah. And I think you touched on a really good point just now too, is just, you know, when everything is up in your head, like you mentioned, you hit this almost ceiling in your business in terms of capacity and income and revenue and things like that, because there's only one you and only so many clients that you can take on by yourself. And then you become this bottleneck. And I think a lot of us have, you know, experienced that probably more than once in our business as we continue to grow because And I think it happens, you know, more than once to be very honest, because I think we hit these different milestones and plateaus throughout our business and it pushes us and pushes us to have to refine and change and kind of remodel what we're doing in our business to fit the needs of our business at that time. And I feel like a lot of us have been in your shoes. And like you mentioned, not even just the capacity, but you being able to step away, right? A lot of the times when that happens is you can't take a vacation or a day off or a sick day because everything revolves around you and you being present and available because it's all up here or you are the one constantly managing everything. And I know for myself personally, that's what I ran into in my business, you know, about two years ago was, you know, before we talk on this episode, um, you'd ask how long I'd been in business. And I said for five years and for about two of those five, the first two and a half, maybe I hadn't taken a single day off or, you know, had been, you know, gone on a vacation because I hadn't felt comfortable delegating or outsourcing or really putting pen to paper in terms of what I was doing. It was so hard for me to conceptualize teaching somebody how my brain works and also trusting it. Right. Because like you mentioned, um, you want to provide a white glove service to your clients and you want them to feel appreciated and taken care of. And I was scared to pass the reins off for that. Um, but really once I finally started doing it, that's when we really started experiencing great growth in the business. And then I started to realize, okay, I don't have to be the only person doing this. Um, but I, I completely, you know, resonate with you on that because I, you know, I went through that too. And like, I'm sure many people listening to this episode have experienced as a CEOs as well. Yeah. I had similar fear. I still have similar fears about get, letting someone else like take on things that like, will they be up to my standards and the same level of integrity and work. But I also am a huge believer in 
investing in yourself and in your business. I mean, how, how could I not be right? It's like as a service provider, I believe that like, even if it's like a placebo effect, sometimes if we spend the money on the thing, it sometimes gives us a sense of like responsibility to actually follow through on, on that thing versus like, oh, I can figure this out if I read a book or blah, blah, blah. But if you like blow a lot of cash on something that you think is going to help you, you're going to use that thing or you're going to follow through on whatever it is, or you're going to have to deal with the truth of knowing that you just wasted your money essentially. So I'm, and I'm a big believer in that. So I'm a big, when people are afraid of something, when I myself am afraid of something, especially as a business owner, I often say like, well, maybe I do believe you need to spend money. And I think this is something that I even have to continue to tell myself. And I also am a big believer of like, how much is your time worth? Right? Like I can't like put the amount of time that it could have theoretically taken me to even do what your team did. Like, I'm not even, I wouldn't even be able to do it. Like, let's be honest. Like it would be like a six-year-old, like trying to like build like a gingerbread house. It's not (laughs) going to look like a gingerbread house. It's like, it's barely going to be like what it is. So I wouldn't even be able to do it. It'd be a disaster. But if I tried, even if I even wanted to, like, I think it would take me months. I think it would be like a full-time job. So that's why I was like, all right, I got to spend some money. I got, and I wanted it solved. See, the thing is, is like, I didn't want somebody who's like, okay, I'm going to come in and tell you, I don't want to, sh- I don't want to, I don't want to be shown. Like I already have to figure out how to use it. Cause I didn't know click up before I was like, that's enough. That's already too much work. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> I was already like, I had to spend, you know, a few hours organizing my disaster of a filing system in order to provide you what you needed because I was a hot mess. And beyond that, I was like, I'm done. I was like, please get me out of this. And that's basically what happened, which is what was so cool about the experience. I love that. And actually, um, you know, I think it's been three months now since we offboarded you for your ClickUp setup. And like we mentioned before the episode, it's really crazy how much change we can experience in our business in short amount of time. And so I wanted to kind of just touch base and see, you know, what were some of the few big changes that you have seen in your business since getting ClickUp set up? And how do you really feel like it's benefited did you guys in this past three months, do you feel like it's continuously evolved with your needs? I'm sure some things have needed to change here and there. Um, what do you really feel like has it benefited the most with your business? Uh, well, I think there's two things. I feel like there's less stuff that gets slipped through the cracks. I no longer feel compelled to procrastinate as much on certain tasks, because let's say there's a big project and it has like, you know, it's eight subtasks or whatever. I'm like, all right, well, I banged up two today. Feeling good. You know what I mean? Like you, you kind of feel like you can move forward. Like that whole concept of like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I think it just really helped me understand like in my brain, how to actually do that. Even though I couldn't build what you guys have created, I now can say, oh yeah, I have to do this like thing. So if I'm setting up an, uh, an assignment for my virtual assistant, I can then, you know, task it out, do it right, do it in a way that is not only efficient and detail oriented. I also don't feel like there's this tremendous back and forth with him. I don't feel like I have to be as compelled to like micromanage it. And I love that I can go back and sort of review what was done or, you know, review a previous tasks from you know weeks ago or a month ago, just to like remind myself of some result or something like that. So it's, you know, very, very helpful day to day, just like eliminating a lot of my, well, what am I doing today? Like, how am I going to actually get anything done? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, maybe I'm not as productive as maybe I would have been 
on any normal day. But there's this sense of like, all right, well, those like, you know, past due calendar things are going to be there tomorrow. And I can continue onward. And it's not like it just kind of floats into the ether of like (laughs) something like it just all of a sudden it goes away like a balloon. And then a month later, I remember that I have to do it. Yeah. And or I see it on some to do list. And then I'm like, oh, heavens. So, yeah, I think there's overall proficiency, definitely better working with my virtual assistants. And I think that the other thing that was really been different in my business is that it's made me a lot better at feeling okay with how much I get done because I can see how far I've come in a way. Like, I can be like, okay, so we're at step three instead of step eight, but like, you know, that's way better than, you know, where we were a month ago. So there's sort of that and like a lot more grace, I think, than stressing about what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you touched on the piece about micromanagement. I think that was one thing that I really wanted to, you know, touch base with you on was because I know that was something you felt like you, you know, were struggling with a little bit. And I know for me, what I love about ClickUp is it does allow me to manage team without feeling like I'm micromanaging. I have a really good overview of everything that's going on. I can check in on certain things if I need to, without having to go directly to a team member, because I can see the activity going on inside of ClickUp um, and I can get a pulse on what everybody's doing. I, for example, like I love seeing like my team's weekly tasks and I'll have those pulled up when I come in and do my check-in in the morning, just to kind of see, okay, what's everybody working on today? And then I kind of leave it at that and I let them go do their thing. And so I feel like for me, that was really, really helpful because I haven't felt the need to just be like, Hey, what are you guys doing today? What's the timeline looking like on this? Because it's all in there and available to me. Right. Right. I mean, I think for me, it also like I'm in the process of hiring, which was one of my goals. I mean, you guys set up systems for me. One of the things I really liked was that you, it wasn't just like you set up like a client system and like, Oh, here's this. It was like, you set up things that didn't even exist yet. Like HR or like, you know, potential future launches that were on my, you know, wish list. And so that way they were all kind of there now that like, for example, the hiring, which was something I pushed back a little bit for a few other reasons. But now that I was ready to do it recently, like in May, I started the steps and it was just already clearly outlined for me. It wasn't even like, it was just like, all right, well, there's like someone else already said like these are the steps. And I just loved that they were already there. I didn't have to like fill that out. I didn't have to create that. And then it made me a little bit less anxious about the execution because hiring is always a little nerve wracking. I think your first real hire, you know? Oh yeah. And I think it now makes me feel way more confident bringing on this person once I find them, because I also feel like, all right, I have a real business to show you and a real thing that's set up. I mean, as opposed to feeling like the crazy lawyer who is like a stack of papers on their desk, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that totally. person. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's like that, that was like a figurative vision from my business prior, even though everything looked great on the outside, it was mm-hmm. like a mess, you know? So now I feel like there's a presentation and a system in place where they could just dive in and I don't have to worry about even like, what is that system? It's kind of already there. Like, it's not even like, it hasn't even been used yet, but it's like, oh, well, someone else made it for you. Let's just slide right in there. It's like a recipe for success, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And I love that you spoke on, you know, the execution. And I think a lot of us too, when we're business owners, especially service-based businesses where we're, you know, providing a service to a client, we so many times neglect our own business. Cause I know you had mentioned, you like HR, I didn't even have that or things for hiring. And I think we just get so caught up in taking care of everybody else. So we put our own business on the back burner and we do the things that we need to do to keep the business running, but not necessarily to scale our business in the way that we could be, because we're so 
inundated with the day-to-day tasks and management of the business and of our clients, but we just completely, we forget about ourselves. And I'll never forget. I kind of got to a place of burnout in my business. Um, and somebody had said to me one time, you know, Quirk, if you had a baby and, you know, somebody asked you to take care of their baby, would you neglect yours in order to take care of somebody else's? And I was like, well, obviously no, like I would never do that. Well, that's what you're doing, right? Like you're kind of forgetting to take care of, you know, the business that you built. And um, after that, it clicked for me, but it took me a while. It took me a a couple of years for me to really realize, you know, what I was doing um, and then what steps I needed to take to make sure that not only I was doing those things in my business, but like you mentioned, executing them. And then to also speak to what you just said about hiring, you feel like you can onboard them, you know, into an environment that you feel is, you know, healthy, right? A healthy, good environment to be working in makes you feel like you have, you know, a good up and running business. Whereas, you know, sometimes if you onboard a team member into like a chaotic environment, maybe where there's not a lot of systems and things in place, it's hard to set them up for success and for them to really know what their role is and how to support you better. And that's one thing I've noticed as we've onboarded new team members, you know, the more systems and things and trainings that we have in place, the easier it is for them to pick up on what we're doing and how they can not just do their day-to-day tasks, but proactively look in the business and support in things outside of the realm of their responsibilities, because they can see and fully understand the scope of everything that's going on, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how well your thing is run. (laughs) (laughs) it's okay. Like we talked about before, like this is my expertise and yours is yours. And I could not do what you do either. So it's just like things that click for us. Right. And it's, you know, that's what we talked about previously when I said, Oh, we kind of Marie Kondo other people's businesses. Like I was the person that color coded my closet, right? Like I love what little closet I had. Right. (laughs) I know I've talked to you about, I'm not like, I don't have uh, what I would call the best wardrobe, but you know, that's just kind of like when you talked about how you got started and looking at the thing that you loved and then finding a way to monetize it online. That's exactly how this got started. Right. I was looking at things that naturally came to me in terms of what I enjoyed doing and what I was good at and finding a way to monetize it online. And that's exactly, you know, how we got where we were at. So, and I do kind of want to reiterate what you talked about execution, because I know when you got started with us, something that was important to you um, in your setup was making sure that you had a place to execute your workload um, and organize all of your goals, which I think you kind of just touched on as well in terms of the big projects that you'd wanted to tackle. Um, so I'd love to know how have you been able to really adapt your ClickUp to support your goals and goals of execution easier, um, especially like those ones that you had just mentioned, you know, some of the launch projects maybe for the upcoming year even. So I think the biggest thing is that I'm really able to sort of see at a glance, like where the progress is. And like, for example, one of my goals was um, really just building out my relationships and partnerships for women led networking, like uh, whether it's like a women's only uh, networking event or leadership or like even beyond just women like YPO or something like that, or, and just wanting to kind of build out those relationships and being, you know, sort of an, an expert to these communities. And I think for before it always be like, all right, well, here's your Excel sheet. And then you have your contact information and you're supposed to reach out and like, da, 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 da. but like there was something inefficient about it for me and actually getting it done. But when the click up, I found that not only was it great that I could just like click a button and give it to my VA. That was great. I love yep. just being like, yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> nope, not my job anymore. Now your job. Yay. Like, like there is something fabulous about someone else doing the things that you just yeah. don't want to do and mm-hmm. it's still getting done. Yep. It's amazing. So that was actually, and but being able to see that it was going to be assigned to them, kind of knew that this was going to get done. You knew when it was going to get done. 
And also, you know, being able to move the project along, going it from like, you know, sort of in process to dead lead, like even with like when I had warm leads for clients or something, I really just like love being able to be like, no, it's a dead lead. Like I like being able to just kind of compartmentalize like parts of the project now and being able to sort of see like at a glance, almost like what the results of the work has been. When I feel like, you know, you look at an Excel, I feel like you don't really see it. It's not all encompassing unless I'm putting this in a pie chart. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, and here I'm like being like, all right, well, we know we pitched like, you know, 20 of them already. Seven of them are dead. And we're seeing that, okay, colleges are definitely not, you know, it just sort of became almost fun in a way. Like I swear there's probably like a study or something where it like probably is about a dopamine thing. You know, you get, you know, you get a little high when you get to like cross something off the list. (laughs) I feel like that little button and you get to change the color and you yep. get to like hit the little complete thing. I think and seeing all those completes, I think there's something psychologically that we like get off on it. You kind of can't quite get that little dopamine hit when you like fill out an Excel spreadsheet. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm an artist. Okay. I need like things to be at least be sort of pretty. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, I will literally add in a task, even if I've already completed it, just to check it off and see it in my completed list because I'm like, okay, I need to know that this has been tackled. <laughs> so I told Okay, you okay, I'm, I'm not that girl. I'm not that. I, yeah, I don't know. That, I mean, but I yeah. also hand wash half my clothes. So we're all, we all are neurotic in our own yep. way. This is fine. It's something about it, but I completely agree. And I think just like, like you said, the satisfaction of checking it off. And I think it also kind of helps us to, you know, visually see, like I can take this off of my, my mental load. You know, I think that's part of it too, is like, I know whenever I'm feeling stressed out or overwhelmed, like making a list of stuff that I need to do, like actually writing it down, um, or tasking it out really, really helps me to feel way less stressed out because I'm either just kind of overanalyzing how stressed I am. And it's really not as bad as I think it is once I've got it all tasked out, or it makes it, like you said, more digestible, like the analogy of the elephant that you had said earlier about, you know, breaking it down into more bite-sized pieces. Um, I think that's, I think that's kind of, you know, plays into, into all of that as well. So, and I know for you too, like a huge part of your setup was client management. That was something that we really focused on. And it's always such an interesting piece for us just because the client experience in general, I mean, it's so, so important because that's also a, a form of free marketing for you. If your clients have a good experience, then they're going to be more likely to refer you and help grow and scale your business. And so I know, you know, client management is always evolving and changing. Like you had previously talked about, you know, your process is different from when you first got started compared to last year, compared to now. Um, and just like for us, we're constantly making tweaks to our client journey and our client experience. And especially when, you know, you're acclimating to a new platform, you know, things are going to change more quickly too, because you're getting used to a new tech stack, so to speak. So I'm curious to know how having ClickUp has really impacted your business from a client management process. Like, has it made it more streamlined? Um, I know we introduced dashboards for you as well. So what like of those pieces do you feel like has really um, benefited your business most from that client experience? Well, I think it's definitely made it, it's reduced questions, which is nice. And it's, so it's reduced a lot of back and forth. So I think that's always good for the client also to feel like they don't have to like bother me. I think they get to kind of have a one-stop shop kind of for everything that actually does work. I think the presentation is better. I think it's better than just receiving emails with like links to things and stuff like that. I think that just having that professionalism is really good. I think that the client also feels a little bit like they can be a little more hands-off in a way, if that makes sense, because it's sort of like 
they already know where everything is. So they don't even like have to bother me and like worry about how is this going? Cause it's kind of there in a way. Whereas mm-hmm. before it was there, but I think that they had a little bit less understanding of where to get it or how to find it. So there was, so I think that there's that, which probably saving them time and frustration in ways that I didn't know. I also, I have clients that I see seasonally. I have clients that are new onboarding and have it going through my four-step styling process. And then I have clients that are sort of continuous for various reasons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the various tasks that come up for them and various like needs that they have, they're just unique. Everyone's a little different. Mm -hmm. And like putting in like sort of a ongoing client, like a task and a board, essentially Mm -hmm. like a space for them was really great because it really kept me really on top of everything and kind of like brain dumping, like all the things that come up for them and sort of me being able to know and and also having like throwing in the links, throwing in like the feedback and just having it in that one place. Mm -hmm. I think it was just really helpful for me to feel like I was getting more done and like with less like overwhelm or less. um, Again, it just really comes down to me being like psychologically and emotionally and physically like micromanaging everything. And just being like, oh yeah, bing, ding, 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 and getting it done. And also remembering like due dates too, because that was great. By being able to set that up, I wouldn't have to actually refer back to my Google calendar. Mm -hmm. I think one thing too, that you just like touched on, and I think a good word for it probably is, you know, increasing transparency for your client in terms of what, you know, what you guys are doing without you really having to communicate it more than once because it's visible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really does, like you mentioned, help cut back on um, all the questions and, you know, touching base on, Hey, where, where are you guys at? What are you working on? What's happening? Very similar to like what we talked about when it came to team and managing team inside of ClickUp. I think increasing that transparency for a client really, really helps from that perspective as well. Um, because they have kind of like this all in one, like one location where they have to go to access everything. They're not having to bounce around to links and find, you know, different portals or dashboards or contracts or whatever that looks like, because it's all in one spot for them. So I think that really, really helps cut back on that. Sorry to interrupt the flow, but this will be real quick. So you guys have downloaded ClickUp, but you kind of don't know where to get started. No worries. We've got a one-stop template shop full of ClickUp templates that will get rid of that headache. You can use our done for you plug in and play templates to systematically scale your business so you can generate more revenue and more time, which means you're growing your business rather than managing it. All you have to do is go to the shop link below in the show notes and get what you need. We have templates for coaches, virtual assistants, OBMs, and social media managers. You can purchase templates individually or you can buy them as a bundle. So do yourself a favor and check out our ClickUp templates today so you can start focusing on the bigger picture in your business. Now, back to the show. But just a little fun question is what do you feel like was your favorite part about working with the team? So I really felt really confident that whatever was said was going to happen was going to happen. Yeah. Like there was a level of like, you got this that you don't really see with a lot of people. Like I don't really, most things are pretty average. Yeah. (laughs) Even like good things are like very average. So I find that most people drop the ball Mm -hmm. and there was really like, it was like so well done. And there was so much follow through and also just like so much, Oh, this is how we work. And it was actually operated that way you know Mm -hmm. all questions will be answered by end of day all questions were answered by end of day yeah (laughs) and you know I mean like even if like I don't even think anything felt I think they might be like oh yeah I didn't 
answer that question fully, but there was, there was like a follow-up or like yeah. a whatever, you know? And I think I really loved that. I loved feeling like I could actually surrender and be like, mm-hmm. okay, they got this. And also like, despite not having any idea what I was doing, I didn't feel like an idiot. You know, I was really supported in trying to understand like what was happening. I love that. And so my, my last big question for you really is, in terms of ClickUp, what has been your favorite feature? I, I know it's, you know, one of the big things or one of the big reasons somebody doesn't or is nervous about moving forward with ClickUp is because it is pretty robust. It's feature heavy. There's lots and lots of different aspects to it that you can use. And that's, you know, also to be said that just because there are lots of bells and whistles doesn't mean we have to use all of them, right? Especially in order to have um, a streamlined business, um, sometimes, you know, less is more. So I'm just curious as you've kind of started to dive into ClickUp and use it more on a day-to-day basis, what has been your favorite feature or, you know, tool as far as um, the internal database or structure of ClickUp goes? I think really just the thing I liked about it is that everything sort of had its little like space and it was really under the spaces concept Mm -hmm. was really easy to follow. It really just feels like you're going through a filing system Yeah, and the way it's like color coded. It was like, it really just made sense. I mean, you really could be like kind of dumb and and understand this like, and you know, I think ClickUp is robust. You can do a lot of things, but I think the way you guys set it up is it doesn't matter. I don't need to know about any of that. It's already done. Right. I just need to know how to click. Some- I just need to know how to complete tasks and add tasks <laughs> and move them around and like, you know, invite some people. I mean, I really only need to know like the very like elementary usage in order to execute on what you've given me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if I want things to get like bigger or better, or more mm-hmm. fabulous, I'll probably need to call you again, but <laughs> with our arms wide open, we will be here. <laughs> but, but like for right now, like, I mean, it's really just like paint by numbers. It's really yeah. like, you can't really screw it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm really glad to hear that too. Just from the perspective that you didn't feel like super overwhelmed going into it, because I know that is like a big, a fear or pushback for, like I mentioned, for some people is just that, you know, especially if you're not used to using a tool, implementing something new or a big change in your business is scary, especially when you know, your business is your income and you rely on that for life. And, and I think that's one thing that is really made placed hesitancy in people's heads in terms of, Hey, do I want to move forward? Do I not click up? Seems scary. There's so many bells and whistles. Um, but like you just mentioned, like there's only certain things that you really have to be using or utilizing within side of ClickUp for it to, you know, work successfully for your business. Um, so I'm really glad that you, you know, that you touched on that and that you are feeling that way, because that is always something we want our clients to feel good about is like, we don't want you to feel overwhelmed. We want to make sure we're setting it up to where it is easy to understand and providing you, you know, any resources that you would need, you know, maybe after our time is wrapped up that you have something to reference, you know, after we've worked together, just in case those questions do come up. So I'm really happy to hear that. (laughs) Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. I think most people, I mean, as you're like, have an online business or a business that requires you to understand technology, even like a little bit, I think you can handle it because it, to me, it kind of felt like, you know, what it kind of reminded me of is like, you know, when you have your phone and it's like then iOS does some update or something, yes. like iPhone says, we're going to update it. And then you look at your phone and you're like, what the, what is this? Like, uh-huh. it looks like a whole different, cause like, it's just like, you're like, where's my camera? Like, yeah. It's kind of like that, where it's like, you kind of understand what's going on, but then Mm -hmm. you feel like for like an hour you lost in the woods. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, this is actually not Not that big of a deal. Uh, Like, (laughs) and worst case, I can Google my way out of it for 20 minutes. That's kind of how it felt. Like it was sort of like that, where it was like, 
oh, this is so weird. But then you were like, this is actually not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I completely understand that. Um, well, Nicole, it has been so good chatting with you today. And I wanted to, um, make sure to let everybody know that if they're interested in working with you, like what I said, it's so awesome what you, the service that you offer and now you offer it virtually. So, you know, anywhere, no matter where you're based, you know, somebody can come and work with you. So if they're interested in working with you and your services, where can they get in touch? What's the best place to, you know, get in contact with you for that? Yeah. So if they're interested, um, I think the best way to find me is Instagram because you can DM me directly, check out the vibes and see some client experience stuff. So if you want to find me on Instagram, it's, um, at underscore let's get you. So that's spelled just like it sounds like let's get you styled, for example. So it's at underscore let's get you. And, um, if they, if, if people want to know more about how I work and things like that, they can also go to, let's get you.com slash closet edit. And that'll actually be a really great place for them to get a little snippet of how I approach styling and give them sort of a free guide to editing their closet. So if they want to Marie Kondo their closet my way, (laughs) a stylist way, a chic way, Mm -hmm. um, you go to let's get you.com slash closet edit and you'll, you'll get it done in a few minutes a day. Okay. That's amazing. And anybody that's listening to this episode, um, we'll be linking those in the show notes for you guys. So you guys have easy access to get in touch with Nicole. Um, and then Nicole, as always, we like to wrap our episodes up with some, a couple fun rapid fire questions. So are you ready for your questions? Sure. Okay. (laughs) So first question is what is your favorite meal? Like your go-to, if like it was your last meal, what would you pick? Uh, sushi. Oh, that's a good one. Um, or, yeah, sushi definitely. Sushi. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any like particular type of favorite sushi or favorite spot to go? Um, I don't have a favorite spot necessarily, but I do love like really good omakase. I love eel, which mm-hmm. is a kind of an acquired taste. I kind of have this like that. Just put it in your mouth. It's delicious. Yep. That's sort of how I approach sushi, and it always works out. Yep. I don't think I had sushi until I was in college and I was, so I, I don't even really like fish to be honest. And I remember when I first tried it, it's like, just do it, just taste it. It's fine. And then I loved it. I like eating sushi better than I do like eating cooked fish. It's crazy, but I'm right there with you. I love sushi. So, um, what is your dream travel location? Uh, right now, um, probably anywhere in Africa, but including Morocco, mm-hmm. I've always, I really want to go. Like I want to go and see all the animals and see a safari or something that would be really cool yeah that's awesome have you any crossed any of your bucket list destinations off your list already uh a few yeah so i went to vietnam which i really loved um and i traveled to parts of india that i really enjoyed um and then i went to buenos aires which was super fun Mm -hmm. those are a few that like i think are the you know, I mean, besides like I went to the Amalfi coast too, that was pretty stunning, but that's very like specific, like really either you have to go with girlfriends that you're like really okay with like being surrounded by couples and like Mm -hmm. everyone in love with, or you have to go romance. Cause other than that, it's just depressing. Yeah. I actually, I was just telling my husband, I was in a Positano on the Amalfi coast seven years ago today, but I was by myself. (laughs) So, so, but yes, I completely understand what you mean about that. I go with a couple or a group because it could be a little depressing. Everybody's there on honeymoons typically. Or family. It's just, it's very like, you're not going to make friends. It's not a, it's not a solo trip, but Mm -hmm. it was 
remarkable, but yeah. Beautiful. Okay. And then do you remember the first concert you ever attended? Oh God, he's going to make me look old, but yeah. And no one will probably even know who it is, but, um, you ever heard of Jill Sobule? She sang that song that I I think it was in Clueless actually. It was like, I want to be a supermodel. Yes. Yeah. That's so that was Jill Sobule. She was like this, like underground, like pop singer who was Mm -hmm. very popular at the time in an underground independent artist kind of way. And she Uh was my first concert. So yes, I love that. That's awesome. Um, and then what did you want to be when you grew up? Astronaut ballerina president. I mean, I mean, (laughs) but no, I I actually really wanted to be the three most real ones was I wanted to be a child actor. (laughs) I really, I can you tell, (laughs) I really wanted to be a writer at one point, like desperately really wanted Mm -hmm. to be a writer. And then a baker. Those were the three big ones. Yeah. I yeah. loved baking and I loved, I loved all those things. Somehow I ended up in fashion. <laughs> it's so crazy thinking, like thinking back. That's why I like to ask that question because it's just so funny to see how we've completely changed or pivoted from what we thought we were going to do when we were younger, even, you know, five years ago, it's just how much things change and you evolve. Like if you would have told me I was doing this when I was 10 years old, I would have left. Let's you know, what's a remote job. Even at that point in time, that was not a thing. So, and then your very last rapid fire question is what is one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring business owner? Uh, the hardest part is the psychological part mm-hmm. and you can never, you can't avoid that until you do it. Yeah. Cause no matter how much you think you're going to prepare and how much money you think you're going to have, you're still going to have bricks fall on your head when mm-hmm. you start. Yeah. And, and if you just accept that and you're willing to chug through that experience, everything else doesn't really, I mean, that's the hardest part. It is. It really, I completely agree with you on that. It really is, especially because you're going to go through roller coasters. Like you're going to have really high highs and really low lows. And it's just kind of navigating through is the key to succeeding and continuing to trek on through. And then no matter how much you think you know what you're doing, even when you're doing it, eventually you're going to hit another leg and you're going to feel the same way. And you're going to yeah. be like, Oh, I'm like, don't know what I'm doing again. And mm-hmm. so at some point it's sort of like, you just have to eat the sushi. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just have yeah. to like put it in your mouth. You just have to do it. Do it. And then eventually you build up a muscle and a resistance yeah. or you don't do it. There's no like avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Um so that's what I would say. People people often call that like just starting, but mm-hmm. I don't think people understand why that's the thing. I think you have to understand that you are going to go through some emotional like drama. Yeah. And you just have to accept that and maybe hopefully put yourself in a position to handle it. Yeah, I totally agree. I love that. That's an awesome piece of advice. So, well, Nicole, like I said, it has been such a pleasure talking with you today. I really appreciate you coming on and joining us. Um, and for everybody again, listening uh, to get in touch with Nicole, it's going to be linked in the show notes. She's amazing. You guys will not regret going to work with her. She's obviously we've seen the back end of her business and she definitely knows her stuff. So we're super, super excited to be having you today. Um, and thank you everybody for listening and we will see you guys on next week's episode. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.